an intro? How does I this? I don't think there was. See, the problem is this recording uh, not had a perfect intro. I, I thought Rob was uh, recording during the entirety of our basketball talk in which I was having a normal conversation, but also having a performative conversation, but not realizing I was not having a performative conversation. It was just with an actual Rob. conversation. It was just an actual conversation, but I thought we were just on the call and just going right into it. So if you've never been on a podcast where you've had a performative conversation, it was a very, <laughs> now in retrospect, is a much stranger experience. <laughs> yeah, my, my bad, honestly. <laughs> Like 15 we minutes this, of we like good 15 basketball minutes talk. of basketball talk, and then we transitioned into an intro, and then Rob goes, oh, I probably should have been recording. <laughs> well, we just went straight into the conversation. I didn't have, did, uh, I know. I didn't have time. I know. It was, I, I, I thought about it, stopping, but like, you should just start recording, but we didn't, and yeah. you didn't, and it's fine. It's fine. So here's the other question. Yeah. Did we have an intro or did Austin? Austin just kind of took us in last no, time. No, I, I don't think the After Dark requires no intro, no outro. It requires presence of mind, of people. Um, do we have a plan? We don't. The plan is we're going to deliver you a podcast. The plan is we're here. We're going to deliver lots of podcasts, <laughs> it turns out. That's uh, true. We did. Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, well, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, shocking uh, that uh, Rob and Austin start planning some podcasts and we say, hey, so how many we're promising with Waypoint Plus? You know, like two a month and let's not go overboard and we can always can always like do more later and figure out what we have time for. And then I think we had to shave it down from six or seven to <laughs> to four, in which I believe I quote you said, as I I believe I said, that seems like it's four. We should probably cut one one more off. And you you, you quickly replied, well, we'll play, play it by ear. We'll see how it goes. We'll feel uh, it very, out. <laughs> we'll feel it out. To it which might. I quickly replied, that is Rob just locking in four podcasts and telling Patrick to, to fuck off and <laughs> let, let it be. <laughs> Look, uh, the podcast gods might be kind to us. And who are we to uh, question their will? I think <laughs> uh, people are going to be very excited. So one of the reasons we're, we're having this conversation is... Um, okay, so the real reason we're having this conversation is two days in a row various people are like hey when's the last time something went on the plus feed and i was like that's a great question it feels like maybe it has been a minute but i've been real busy with not doing e3 and trying to figure out like how waypoint plus is gonna work well yeah i mean it is the case that waypoint plus started the moment we could hit play on the thing, and so I I don't know that we we went straight from that into prepping for E3, coming out for E3, then after that was sort of a like deflating of the the balloon in a way of like regaining our strength and you know folks getting back into the regular swing of things. But I don't know that we ever sat down and went, oh right, what was the official start date of a month? <laughs> I think in our heads we kind of just said, well E3 was June, and then we'll just get back at it. In July, until like Cato uh, Jason pointed out, like there probably should be another podcast this month. It's like okay, people are paying I, you now. Well, I don't even know when this one is going to go up because also, truth be told, Cato will still be editing the last podcast for June or 
Right, no, I guess the beginning of July, right? Because look, it's July either way. This is the thing. We're, June look, is in the rear view. Whenever this goes in the feed, know this: it was recorded Wednesday, June thirtieth, and so we skated. We skated in on, on that promise. We did. We said you'd get two two podcasts a month. Did we say? Uh, hmm, I guess you'd get. Well, hold recorded. on. Recorded, and then there was L.A. Noir. True. That was so a really, let me let me open up my podcast feed here because because I because I added <laughs> I it. Yeah, I was gonna say don't don't try and stick it to the audience. When it turns out, I think the after dark was late May, noir was June. So if this is okay, it's in July. We've no already, no we've, we nailed it. We're, we're, we did? We are we are golden, sort of. Okay, okay. The, the important question is: Do Cadence. you think that podcast? That was basically the audio pulled out of that stream we did. Do you think that counts? Now, you listening to this as the paying subscriber, you might think your opinion matters the most here. Um, but I'm just trying to quell my conscience. And wait, this is wait, wait that, went, that went in the plus feed. Yeah, June seventh. Which was the E3 wrap up? No, 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 no. Uh, sorry. Remember when we hit the hit the oh, number? Oh, we did the Q and A. Yeah, we had the Q and A. Yeah, this shit counts. Yeah, so that was June. 7th. I mean, I don't. Th- I think that counts like half step. I-, I would say if we were to do like a team meeting, talking about how do we feel about the content we did this month, what do we deliver, you know, in service of the listeners, the the paying subscribers, do we think we could do better than putting up an MP3 version of a Twitch stream, which was unlocked by the subs to begin with? Yeah, I think we can do better. And that's why we had a meeting and said, hey, let's do better. And that better was <laughs> giving Rob control of how many podcasts there Hold are. Hold on. And that's, just, I don't think. Uh-huh. Control is a hard. Let me. Okay. So Austin yep. is currently on a bus. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully he's, he's off I think he's probably there. I think, I think he's probably with his family. As, but he was on a bus all day uh, today that we were, we were recording. Yeah. Um, but. Austin was the one who we had a plan, like like we were discussing, wouldn't it be fun if we did some movie conversations again? And we really thought we identified the perfect way to kick that back off, uh, which was the Forever Purge is coming. And we were sort of figuring out the feasibility of us going to the theater and overcoming our queasiness at the thought of being in a theater with like tons of people. uh, Well, that's also combined with a like 4th of July weekend where like, collectively as a group we're taking a friday and a monday off and so it's just like it, it like the forever purge would have been such a delightful uh way to bring like the be good and rewatch it spirit back it just happened to land on like quite literally like the most awkward <laughs> like t- timing possible between like delta variant queasiness potentially and then also just people taking time off and finding time between potential family and friend stuff that they're doing for a holiday weekend. Yeah. So we realized like we, well, I didn't think we didn't realize this. It's more that we were sort of accepting that it was going to take us a minute to go see the forever purge. And then uh, Austin and I share a love of crime uh, epics as it were. And Steven Soderbergh has a new one coming out. Um, I keep wanting to call it, keep talking and nobody explodes. And that's not <laughs> the right 
that's not the right title. I think it's No Sudden Moves. Um, but like that's hitting streaming this weekend, and Austin was like, "Hey, we should we should check that out." So we're gonna check it out, and hopefully it'll be interesting and and very fruitful discussion. Uh, but so in terms of the the schedule being like overfilled. Big part of this is Austin, really. Like you're you're pointing the finger at me, but like that's only because Austin's not here. That's true. That's true. And then there was Kato just pointing out the list of well, if I was to tell y'all the podcasts you have scheduled, there aren't not enough time, um, or at least uh, <laughs> it was going to cause some backup because we had also, in theory, put on there we should watch the first Resident Evil movie. Um, so right. Some, so you some- want to explain <laughs> how? Um, what the what the month of July holds for Resident Evil? Uh yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I did not push this, despite the fact that if you were to you know take a guess who was pushing to do a month of Resident Evil content, it would it would certainly come from my direction. But uh, yeah, Austin and I did that Resident Evil Village spoiler cast, and then uh, whether it was that or the, the 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 spirit of Resident Evil in the air, Rob has never played the original Resident Evil in any form, as far as as I know, not the original 1996 PlayStation original or the, I have no idea what the remake, 2001, that feels, 2003, that feels right. Uh, anyway, you've never played it. And so we are in the going to play Resident Evil. We're going to do a uh, Waypoint 101 on the original Resident Evil. And part of the way we're rethinking how that format works is that we're going to kind of put that podcast where we talk about how do we feel about the game? We've either finished it or played a bunch of it or, you know, whatever the case may be that happens at the end of the month. And then leading up to that is, I don't like a kind of a, a mishmash of, of content. Like we, that it's not something that's going to be a format that is the same every month, partially because we're just kind of trying it out. Um, But yeah, like when, when you listen to this, most likely we've already done. No, we definitely have already done a stream where you have played and shared your thoughts of playing Resident Evil for the first time. But it'll also include like me doing an interview with somebody that I'm not going to say because I don't. They haven't committed yet, but I'm they pretty might sure reject it'll happen. the idea entirely. And then- well, it's I, I will say I emailed someone in uh, that lives in Tokyo, and so I can't <laughs> I can't be sure of how the time zones exactly line up on that one. But I I, I have a lot of ideas for someone people to interview uh, about Resident Evil. But the idea is to kind of do a collection of kind of stories, podcasts, videos that are around this game club idea. And the first one we're going to do is is Resident Evil. And the other games that we talked about doing in the future are also t- tr- tremendously uh, exciting. So it's it's I'm I'm very much looking forward to an opportunity to watch you experience what a crimson zombie is. You don't know what that is, but believe me, when it happens, uh, you'll know. And hopefully it happens on stream. I can't remember how early that happens in the game, but I think it might happen. Yeah. So, I mean, and we'll probably be talking a little bit about this on the stream tomorrow. But um, so what I remember of. It's hard to believe how intense the console war shit was in 96. Sure. Um, And how like PlayStation people were. It was like some of my friends had joined a cult. And one of the cult <laughs> objects uh, was was final. Uh, sorry, was Resident Evil. Final Fantasy VII was another cult object. Was was another one? Yes, like where there it was were, like, uh huh. Yeah, can your Nintendo do this? 
and the answer the answer was frankly no. Uh, but also, yeah, when, Resi- when Resident Evil Two came to the N sixty four, while while perhaps a a technical miracle, and I believe uh, Gamma Sutra and some other places have like write ups on what it was like for them to port that game to the N sixty four. Probably not the way you wanted to play. <laughs> an fmv heavy game on, but, on a cartridge system but also and this and this was the thing like this the cause of getting me on board resident evil could not have been dealt a more serious setback than a deeply earnest and slightly unpleasantly um committed friend to, to selling all of us on playstation sure. um that FMV intro to Resident Evil was super rough. And then the voice acting, like, yep. it was like, dude, this is so scary. This is like, this is like incredibly like fucked up horror. This is amazing. And he showed us the first few minutes. And I was just like, what in the world are you talking about this is one of the <laughs> dumbest things i've ever seen this is this is supposed to be scary like i don't know what that opening cutscene was uh and and then you've got this like ridiculously hammy and clearly like disconnected from each other like voice recording sessions uh just like reading the character dialogue and then it was like yeah but check out what this check this scene out and it was the zombie in the hallway right yeah and I was like, yeah, I'm good. You know, it was good. <laughs> Mario 64. Which you're right about. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong with that. Yeah, that's, it's funny because I didn't quite, I, I didn't have any divides like that amongst my friend group. At that point, you know, most, I was sort of like the video game guy. Not that my, my friends had like grown completely past video games or the classic sort of, you know, for our generation, we're like, oh, I'm in high school. Like, I don't play video games anymore. It was it was less that like I had friends in my group that had those things, but I was just more into them than others. And so frequently what happened was we'd get off the bus or walk, you know, we got the bus. If it was middle school or if it was high school, we'd walk, you know, down the street from the high school. It was like, oh, what's the new thing that Patrick has? And like, so they'd stick around till dinner time because my two best friends lived walking distance from like a block or two away. And so they would watch the games I would play. So I, my, the cadence of me playing a game like Resident Evil was almost exclusively dictated by my friends being there and then having to wait. So I'd like, I'd use my ink ribbons based on when my friends had to go home for dinner and then, or at least promising them, I know I'm not at a typewriter right now, but I will get to one. I will save. I will catch you up if I had to go through a room (laughs) that I couldn't explain. And then we would all like work through it together uh the the next time so that that was my experience with a lot of like playing at least the first resident evil i think once we got to resident evil 2 i was kind of on my own but like a lot of playing resident evil 1 or final fantasy 7 was like doing that with like friends like reading through magazines like on the bed that was in my room that sounds really idyllic yeah it was it was it was it was it was delightful and the the dog scene which at least i'm sure you must be like vaguely aware of like dogs windows no oh yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah i'm like trying i'm trying to be like sidestep around it knowing that you haven't experienced those things but i feel like there are certain moments in resident evil like that hallway scene like a tyrant like you know the, the dogs through the windows are sort of uh, iconic in and of themselves even if you didn't spend a lot of time 
in that world. I, I, don't, I don't know how the I am wildly curious to see how that game plays for you now. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure the remake still has. I forget how the controls. I think they added things that are non-tank controls. So I I was checking it out a bit today. Um, yeah, there's a there's a, there's a well-regarded PC version. Um, I wonder if that's that, what I'm playing. So I'm playing a play. Everything on the version I'm playing is like, don't turn off your PlayStation Four. It's saving. Um, <laughs> and so, are you playing it on a console? Yeah. So this is okay, what I was doing right. today. I was setting right. up my capture card um, and getting everything buttoned up for that. Um, and I'm sure it's the same version of the game. I can't imagine the PC version is all that different. Other than yeah, that. I would imagine it, but I was taken aback by like, I am sure. I am sure they've done stuff to make it like nice and everything, but it sure looks like a PS one game to my eyes. Like I'm sure it's nicer than it was actually in, in that time. But like, there's a lot of it that feels, um, what's the way to put this? Uh, the fonts really look very 1996. Sure. Uh, a lot of like assets sort of end in a weird like spray of pixels in a very like 1996 way. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of uh, I'm I'm I, I it is certainly a far cry from what Resident Evil 2 remake is uh, where they where they have remade the game. This this feels much more port shaped. Yeah, I mean, if you try to remember, man, if if you were to actually look like what Resident Evil 1 looked like when it came out, it has the same sort of leap. I remember playing that GameCube because it was a GameCube exclusive uh, when it came out originally. Uh, It had the same sort of like leap and like part of it was was so delightful about that that remake, that remaster, that update, you know, we didn't have really like the terminology for it at the time because that was not really a thing. It's actually kind of fascinating. Like that original Resident, that Resident Evil update is like one of the like pioneers in the entire idea of like revisiting an old game that wasn't games reported. You had like Super Mario All-Stars where like they did aesthetic passes back. Right, through, right, right. Um, like the uh, games that were on the NES, but we just like games had not been around long enough where there were a whole lot of games that were revisiting themselves and under like trying to think through and what does it mean to like bring this back in the present other than just uh, reselling it, even like reselling, like stuff like that didn't happen as much until there was enough distance where you had nostalgia that you could sell to people. So yeah. And then we discovered you. that's all we wanted to sell to people. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm not shocked that, you know, you look at that and it's like they fuzz together, but I mean, part of what was delightful about that that update was also that it it wasn't just an aesthetic or a mechanical update, but actually it was a remix. You know, it, it it changed elements that seemed if you'd played the original game, you're like, oh, I OK, I got it. I know what happens when I go around this corner. Uh, and then, well, 90 percent of it happens, but they changed the 10 percent. And this thing called the Crimson Zombie, which will make sense when you play the game. Is 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 far and away probably the smartest addition they made to it, while also being the most terrifying. And yeah, like that, that's the exciting part about like revisiting these games and and doing that this month is going to be like you know you're on the opposite spectrum of me. Like I've played all of these games, you know, several times over. Um, but it's been a long time since I played this remake, uh, especially or revisited Resident Evil One. 
in its entirety. Like I'm, it's probably been 20 years since I've, whenever that, that GameCube game, if I came out in the early 2000s, like it's been almost 20 years since I've touched this game. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because like looking at it, and I'm sure you're right that like it in its day, it probably did look like a, a pretty massive leap over over the original. Um, I think now I look at it and I think I would still probably prefer this approach to a lot of the more like fully like I'm not going to turn my nose up at Resident Evil 2 and what they did there. Like that was sure. a, an awesome sort of like reimagining of of that game. Um, and like, I think Final Fantasy seven, uh, against all odds with the direction they've gone with this remake is really fascinating and meta. That's, mm-hmm. that's cool. But I do kind of like when I, when I fire this up, it, it does feel like it's updated, but also fundamentally feels like they try to preserve what was there, mm-hmm. um, rather than completely redo it, um, you know, it doesn't have it doesn't feel like a Lucas special edition, let's say. No, and I, I believe if I remember correctly, uh, uh, Miyazaki was, you know, also involved in uh, like revisiting uh, this one. Um, so like, you know, like you have a, you have a through line in which a creator, you know, involved in in the original game, you know, is back for for the remake. Um, so that's probably contributes to some of the constraint or like the limits of the ideas of like how you approach revisiting uh, an older title. Um, But yeah, so I will be, so it's console game and I believe experience in experiencing the way uh, it was intended to be experienced. I'm going to be on my couch. Uh, I'm going to be kicked <laughs> back, feet up, um, uh, playing it. And we will see how that goes i haven't i haven't used my capture card that much because it's just been uh it's it's not been a year where it was it was needed a ton we didn't it took us a while to you know have a reason to do a lot of streaming um but now that i've, now that I've hooked it up i'm surprised how low the latency was with the pass through and i'm like i might just leave my playstation hooked up uh to the capture card because like xbox everything is basically on pc so right. i'm not sure how like how often am I going to be like capturing shit off the switch? Probably not often. So I'm kind of just tempted just to leave it at this point and say like, that's I'm good. <laughs> also, I want to point out my brain did this as soon as I said it, but the dark souls has infected my brain to such a degree that I said Miyazaki. Yeah. When I met Mikami, Mikami. and, and I, like I, I said it and I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I was like, where is it? Hold on. My brain is going to find it in about 30 seconds. And then I heard the Ikami like come back into my head. Also, the uh, the uh, the suns are just. Yeah, it looks uh, done. Yeah, the, the, the Clippers are um, 138 to go. Suns 126. Uh, Clippers uh, 102. I would say that is uh, that that is about as. Uh, is done as it goes. So Chris Paul in the finals. Good for him. You know, long time coming. Yeah, man, this has been, it's been, it was a really good series. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping for like the Hollywood ending where like they, they keep it alive long enough for Kawhi to come off the bench. Um, he, you know, he's such a, a, you know, weird guy to kind of like nail down. You can't tell if he's 
already thinking about free agency, which he can, I guess, theoretically opt into next year if he wants to. Uh, but it's like hard to like read his face on things. So like I've, I've no, no clue, you know, how, how to, you know, every time they like pan over to like the Clippers, like on a run, it's like, what do you think Kawhi thinks? And like, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> no response. Your star like, player is this like total Sphinx. Um, but also wasn't that the case? Like when he was still on like the Spurs, but like when they were dealing with like his foot issue and like, it was like whether he was going to go out and then he went to Toronto. I mean, like he's, he is an enigma. There are players that, you know, there is a lot of eccentric personalities in the NBA, but Leonard is like almost singular in like, at least with Durant. Like I know who he is. <laughs> like he's a strange one, but I know who he is. And Leonard is just, I have, I just have no clue what that dude <laughs> Uh, is but I mean he delights me in his chaos but he is oh, definitely man, this chaos is, this is brutal the Suns bench players just pouring it on now too like this is <laughs> uh, I'm not a big believer in the unwritten rules but there's dudes coming off the bench like shooting like uh, shooting long threes and field goals and uh, just getting those garbage time minutes well one of the at least I'm at least on what I'm watching one of the Look, the Clippers guys just missed a a very easy field, uh, you know, a free throw. And so I don't know. I think everyone wants this game to be over. So, people, you know, the I think this is at the Staples Center. So the, the the Clippers players could just could just go home. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. So it's going to be a, a month of Resident Evil and uh, some movie pods. And uh, Austin and I are probably finishing XCOM like next week um, or whenever you hear this July Excel 6th could have been finished our- <laughs> for all, for all, for all. how far do you have left you uh, so I know that we, sure. we did a plan we did a planning meeting and Austin walked through the missions or objectives that were left I I played all of XCOM and XCOM 2 but I never played the expansion and so I kind of lost the plot as he was explaining the steps that were theoretically left to get to the end game, but I don't know how close you made it in the previous stream. Yeah. So I think we've got like maybe two or three mandatory missions left to do. Um, and how much can you just skip where it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the, the whatever random, you know, scenario pops up sort of thing. We kind of, the game creates incentives for you to do that. Like there's, okay. I think there was one point in the game where not having where some of the setbacks you can be dealt uh, could cause us problems with our ability to advance to the end game. So we're just continuing to run the uh, the the random missions. They're not they're not very hard at this point. Um, we've we have gone from there is a point where we're definitely I think behind the power curve in XCOM where like this is like three years ago at this point, but like we were definitely like, try, like <laughs> fighting to keep that game alive. And then we sort of crossed the threshold and we had our veteran, pl- like, uh, like, uh, troopers become so they're like Swiss army knives. Mm-hmm. They can basically do everything. Their, their little hot bar of actions at the bottom, like fills the entire monitor. <laughs> At this point, uh, and so there's it's That's really like delightful hard. to a point, and then 
and and then then it's not that fun. Like I'm, and I'm sure that's very difficult as a designer to account for the, the billion different ways that that can go. But it's it's it sounds not dissimilar, oddly, to balancing a survival horror game like Resident Evil, in which frequently the best parts of those games are the early in mid game, and then it breaks at a certain point because the game has to account for so many different play styles, player behaviors, player approaches that it almost has to say, look, if you, re- if you want, if you don't want to break the power curve, increase the difficulty, put on some sort of modifier because the games sort of understand that at a certain point, it's just, if you're playing competently and conservatively, it's just going to happen. And that was my case, even as someone who's like broadly a novice in strategy games, that still happened to be an XCOM and XCOM 2 happens to be in every survival horror game. Like those two genres like have a weird overlap there where you, you look so fondly back on your early times, those early hours in those games. And those almost fuel the back third of it, where you just end up talking about that and re-experiencing those moments, even though all you're doing in a survival horror game is going, oh, I can see the end is in sight. Time to just like empty my clip because there's no reason to be worried about X, Y, and Z in in a way that like I, <laughs> I don't need 15 herbs or first aid sprays. I can just go ahead and normally I would have gone back and reloaded a save. Nah, it's fine. My, I'm re- my character's redlining. I can just keep moving forward. But it's, it's interesting how those two games and those two genres have to struggle with the same sorts of ideas because I just think it's they seem both to just have that much a lot of difficulty struggling with that like last I don't know you know hour count um, once the player sort of mastered the systems yeah and I, and I think one thing that sort of came into view for us as well is that the addition of the War of the Chosen expansion um, might have thrown it off a bit because the thing is when those guys show up they make the game much harder initially uh, because it's kind of like you're fighting uh, enemy superheroes. But once right. you kill them, they give a couple pieces of really good gear a piece. And so, like, in addition to the usual, like, power curve stuff, I think midway through this run, we just started collecting really high-level gear that, on top of the fact that our characters kept getting better and better, uh, the gear itself, like, we had knocked off the most dangerous enemies in the game. And as a product of that, we now had like all these special weapons with special abilities. Like we got a character that basically like, throws axes that never miss and like cut everything in <laughs> half. Like he's basically got like single use lightsabers. And that's a really powerful thing in a tactics game. Uh, but it's been, it's been nice sort of just cruising to the, uh, the end here and knowing XCOM, I suspect the last mission or two is still going to be kind of harrowing because those games also can get very spiky at the end. Like XCOM one, I felt like um, I was cruising right up until the last mission. And then the last mission was just a bloodbath. Um, I won, but like there are a lot of characters that I basically thought were immortal uh, in that last mission died aboard that spaceship. Well, that's what happened to me in XCOM two. Um, I, I remember, uh, 
when I got to that very final mission, I the exact same approach of, oh, okay, I've been cruising for the last six hours, not really worrying. And then all of a sudden I was save scumming my way to get <laughs> to get to the end. And I know the game accounts for that, which means I need to, you know, move a character slight in a slightly different direction so I can get the dice roll to 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 re-roll itself. But uh I I, I you know, I think I made it out of there with like barely in a survivors, but I saw those end credits and I was like, okay, well that's my, <laughs> I've washed my hands of this. Yeah. Not my problem that all those people died. Uh, because I, I beat the game. I, I saw that achievement pop in steam. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's our, that's our next, you know, kind of agenda item. Uh, Patrick, I think you and I are going to finish, uh, operation tango at some point. If we can, yeah. if we can find an afternoon. Um, I think we're pretty good at that. I think, People expect us to yell at each other, and uh, we're just. I expected us to yell at each other. That I, I quite frankly, the the reason we picked that game was because I thought that we, uh, we would do poorly at it. Um, and it turns out, based on a lot of the chat, uh, talking to other folks that had played that game, was actually like we we were pretty smooth at it. Like we actually did did pretty good, uh, and that is that is delightful. You know, look, we're just out here to subvert expectations even for even for ourselves yeah so uh it you know maybe we need to turn up the difficulty though maybe we do need to really put our uh like spy relationship to the test what does that do can you change the difficulty is that probably just like i feel like there was an option it probably changes the amount of time you've got available for these things yeah yeah although (sighs) i feel like the timing worked really well while we were playing it it was more just we were Hmm. That's true. Like, like, I don't know that a lot of those puzzles would have been better if, like, we had less time. Right. Because, like, I remember one of the sequences where I was hacking and I was communicating shapes to you. And we were getting it with, like, I don't know, half a second to spare. And I don't know that it was, like, more fun if I shouted those puzzles three times in a row and it was, you know, a quarter of a second to spare. Like, I, I don't know. I I, and also, I think we're only we halfway see- through, and that last mission aboard the train was actually pretty tough. It was, and I, I think you know sometimes you just have to accept that uh, you're good at a game, and that's fine. Um, you don't need to make apologies for that. You don't have to crank up the difficulty. You can just roll through it, and people can respect the skills that you're displaying. Um, and then I think probably at some point this month we're going to try to get Crowbar and Sickle uh, back in action. Yeah, they want to. I, I, where we where we dropping? I think was the the unofficial title that maybe will just become the official title of that series. Which uh, is is Crowbar and Sickle need a new home? We don't know where they're going. We don't know where they're dropping. They might drop in Warzone. They might drop in Fortnite. They might drop in Mario Golf. They might they might just be like doing the rounds to figure out like where can they have. Interesting it conversations while shooting like people. You'll be dropping in Mario Golf. I redeemed a code for Mario Golf earlier tonight. Mario Golf. I feel like we could make our own game in Mario Golf if we were both to set ourselves up on the putting green. What if you were to play a game of Mario Golf where you added your own layers? What if you had a trivia game on top of Mario Golf? You can't take a swing till you answer this question correctly. You get those answers cor- incorrectly. It could add some sort of difficult. I don't know. I'm just saying, crowbar and sickle. They'll be dropping in places, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm, I don't know. We we we, we you know, folks have talked about bringing back 
playing PUBG. I that seems not that we won't reload that. I think that would be funny to play PUBG for you know two hours or whatever. But I don't know. Like we're, we're trying to find some way to recreate that energy of uh, a chaos and creativity. And I, I don't know what that that is. And maybe the conclusion is crowbar and sickle just need to you know put out to pasture, take some time. Or maybe you get back to PUBG and you're like, this is sick. Maybe. Well, I I think they, uh, I want to say I saw this week that they are like testing out or re-adding, not re-adding, adding the ability to like respawn in in some way in the, in the way that other uh, of these battle royale games like Warzone especially are like finding ways for players to just get back in as opposed to being, you know, when you get shot down, you're just done for the round. So maybe that's my way back in. If I could just drop into the same PUBG match 10 times in a row, just give me another shot. I don't, I don't care where you drop me. I'll just I'll just keep dropping. Maybe that's the, the way we make it work. Well, uh, so Jordan Noll was good enough to send my audition tape uh, along. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think you need to drop in Warzone is what I what, what I've learned. Uh Unrelated to Crowbar and Sickle, I think you need to go on a Warzone journey. And uh, I, let's see, you can't load it up till you till you start playing. You figure out your settings. You know, make sure your graphics work. But I, I, th- Look, I think you need to play. All I need Manuel is just and one solid state petabyte hard drive, and uh, then I'll be <laughs> able to uh, join the gang in Warzone. Um, right now, unfortunately, I don't think I have room for it. Uh, I installed Damn. Windows. Um, and so just out of space. That'll do it to you. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be like July is going to be a busy month. Um, maybe too busy, but I don't think so. Uh, I think there's, there's plenty of room. Uh, we have absolutely no history in overbooking ourselves, not having enough time, podcasts going long. None of those things have occurred in the past. they Will not occur in the future. All these so things. I, I don't know what these you're were all, about. You're you're describing things that happened in a waypoint minus world. Uh, <laughs> but Patrick, this is a waypoint plus world, uh, and uh, it's all uh, okay. going to be different from here on. Uh huh. All of a sudden, you know, we're going to watch one Soderbergh movie, and it's like Patrick will admit he hasn't seen any of the Ocean's movies. Like, oh, oh. Well, now we got to watch all the Oceans movies. No, you really, that would not. Well, you don't, well, you don't know. They're, <laughs> in, they're in. They're kind of crap. Wow. Okay. People like really the first like one's, movies. the first one's charming. It's good. Right. Um, but each one is less and less compelling, I would say. And we'll, we'll uh, just watch the one that the, the, the good recent one. Lucky. Uh, what was that one? Uh. The one with Daniel Craig, where they break into the, 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 the NASCAR. Oh, uh, Logan Lucky? Yeah, Logan Lucky. Delightful movie. If you, that's, oh, I love so that So there's, there's all these Soderbergh movies. I just watched uh, Magic Mike a couple weeks ago. You've never seen that I'd before? I've never seen it. Oh, my God. Magic Mike Dude, is that an incredible film. Ruled. Yes. Like, the second one is not nearly as good, but is still 100% worth watching uh i don't know the first one i think the the thing i dug about it is just it has that air of suspense of like yeah this is gonna end badly like it's not a crime film but it feels a little bit like crime film yes uh where like two accomplices meet each other and like they're going to change each other's lives 
and it's probably not going to be for the better in some important <laughs> ways. And like that sort of that looms over that movie. Um, you know, it, like I've found it enormously watchable. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big Soderbergh I, I don't, fan. I don't think Soderbergh did the second one. Um, I don't think so. I don't think no. he directed it. Uh, it's again, like I said, it's a the second one's still worth watching if you've seen the first one. I cannot believe you've seen have not seen the first one. That's uh, wow. Mm. Oh, I can't believe you Good. haven't seen the Oceans movies. I know, Those seem I know, like I the kind of for the people popcorn fair that one Patrick Klopek. That's true. Would that's true. I, I I will say in general, not uh, put a slasher in the oceans movies. Heist movies don't really do it for me. I, I enjoy them when I watch them, but I don't seek them out necessarily. I I, I don't have a good explanation for that. I don't. Yeah, that's I don't, fucked up, except, dude. Because the heist movie is the greatest genre of filmmaking. <laughs> So I don't like there's there's discussions in the background where I might be taking people on a tour of the Michael Mann filmography at some point this year. Um, Alex yeah, I've seen Navarro, very, very little writing shot, very little. Uh, uh, well, let me know, because that I, I imagine that involves a lot of heists. You will. Uh, yes. Oh, heists like you will not believe. Never seen. Never seen. He there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of crime. A lot of that is like not a genre that I've seen uh, a whole lot of. But I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to change that. Wait I'm willing to plus. go on a journey. See, we're gonna we're gonna make a little addition to Patrick's life. Uh, and You're gonna make a, make a Criterion uh, subscriber out of me yet, Rob. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be canceling that um, Shutter subscription <laughs> and being like, sign me up to a year of Criterion, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah uh hopefully yeah that catches y'all up uh by the way kata just asked that we record a brief like promotion for like what's upcoming on the schedule and let you know what's happening in july um and he said keep it short uh so that it would be an easy edit and yeah. i think in 44 minutes uh job done that is i mean by our standards look uh, kata as you're listening to this you know you probably heard it at the top there was a solid like really good natural banter of 15 minutes at the top just gone i made the executive editorial decision <laughs> to not record that and not verify that we were on the same page that we were not recording <laughs> it's fine it works out a po- a waypoint podcast under an hour waypoint plus opening up new venues new avenues for content creation it can come in all sorts of forms Including including a Patrick Klopik approved under an hour. I got I got you there by hook or by crook, like not yep. by not, not a purpose, but by completely by accident. And that's the Waypoint Plus promise. Uh, completely mm-hmm. by accident, we will we will get it done one way or another. Uh, thanks to everyone who's supported us so far. Um, if you're looking for like you got a monthly subscription, and you're like, can I subscribe annually? The answer is yes. I don't remember what the vanity URL is for the (laughs) annual subscription, and we don't have the annual button on the page yet. But that button is coming, my friends. Yeah, we should probably get that fixed. Um, It... mm. If it was... I'm trying to, like, warp my my, my brain back to E3 time where I had remembered all of those. I don't remember them though. That's fine. If you're listening to this, you've got it memorized. You know where to find those things. You don't need a us to <laughs> remind you where to do it. 
Look, as long as your subscription doesn't lapse. Ka- hey, Kato, Kato, you're listening to this. You still have to edit this part. So, Kato, if you could record a bit and insert it, three, two, one. You can find the annual subscription at waypoint.zone slash annual. You can gift the year-long subscription at waypoint.zone slash carrot. And you can gift a one-month subscription at waypointplus.memberful.com slash gift question mark plan equals 65502. Thank you, Kato, for telling uh, people where they can subscribe uh, annually or and also to gift a subscription. Uh, so thanks, Kato, for letting the people know where to go. And thanks to all of our supporters uh, for... Uh, taking advantage of those options and supporting us so far. Uh, so we are, we are as always very grateful and uh, next, well, I suppose this month now uh, you will be showered uh, with the benefits of waypoint plus. And uh, I think you'll be pretty impressed and pretty pleased. <laughs> I think you'll be pretty impressed. <laughs> Wow, I really I really thought Rob would uh get off the first floor of that mansion. <laughs> You'd think in three hours of streaming, uh we'd have seen like a boss or something. <laughs> Got to July thirtieth, so I didn't finish. <laughs> so Resident Evil, turns out it's hard. I could beat XCOM easy. I, I, I hope that isn't Jill's blood, am I right, mansion. fellas? Those dogs are scary. <laughs> Well, that's the show. All right. That's the show. Yeah. Bye. All right. We're going to stop now. Yep.